0: If you didn't get a little pack of salt this morning when you walk in, raise your hand so that um, Brother Mike can get you a, a packet of salt. And don't eat it yet. Just hold off because you're going to need it. As Mike saw i doing that. Yesterday I had the opportunity to officiate a funeral. And I was telling my family, and I was telling the staff this morning, I went back, and since January 1st, that made 17 that I've officiated this year. And I always counted an honor and a privilege to be able to do those. And yesterday, I just appreciate Live Oak being Live Oak. And there was a lot, a lot of people come through this campus yesterday, and and they got to see the love of a church. And so I I appreciate all the help yesterday as we did that. And um, I hope... Because I'm thinking, is 32 years the statute of limitation where you can get out of something and not get grounded by your parents? Are we good? Because my parents is in here, and I want to tell this story, but I don't want to get grounded. So I hope I'm safe. Am I safe? No? (laughs) Well, we'll go right on to the next point. (laughs) Yesterday, um, I was sharing um, Winky Walters, a friend of mine, passed away, and I was sharing in part of his service one time when I was probably 17, 18 years old, me and him was fishing, and he was he was a good fisherman, and me and him was going fishing, and we'd actually met over here at Johnny's, which, by the way, my iPhone kind of scares me sometimes. I got in my truck this morning, and as soon as I got in and set my phone on the console, it said it's nine minutes to Johnny's. Now, how did it know I was going to Johnny's? Am I that much a creature of a habit? Anyway, that was free. So anyway, we actually met at Johnny's, and this was, and it might have been Randall's back then. That's how long ago it was. Some of y'all remember Randall's Superette, and uh, we met. We met there, and we was going fishing. Well, I got in this truck, got my fishing rods, and we was going down the road. And we pulled up, and when we pulled up to the property, there was posted signs about every fifteen feet. And I said, "Wing, this property's posted." He said, "That just means the fishing's going to be better." So we slipped on that property, and we was fishing, and um, we was catching them, too. And, I mean, it was good fish, so he didn't lie. It meant it was better fish back there. And about that time, we heard somebody screaming, I'm going to shoot you, I'm going to shoot you. And we seen a man running with a shotgun, and we grabbed our poles and took off running, and Winky screamed, just get behind me. It's going to be okay. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be last because that means I'm going to get shot. But, you know, why do I tell you that this morning? is because Live Oak Baptist Church, I love my church and hopefully you love your church and we don't want you running behind, we want you running with us and we want to equip you and we want to prepare you and we want to get you ready to do that and so this morning as we dive into our scriptures go ahead and turn to Matthew 5 we're going to be in Matthew 5 again last week we did 1-12 through 12, and today we're going to start in verse 13 you know as you turn in there you know, there's no secret I like to eat and so, what makes a restaurant good? How many of you have ever had a bad, a, just a bad experience? You get all psyched up. I'm going to this restaurant, and it's a new restaurant, and you walk in, and you have a bad experience. You ever been there? And, then, and right then, that first bad experience, that's three strikes in the Morgan's book. You don't go back. You know, now once you get established in a restaurant, you'll give them a little grace. But what makes a good experience when you go to a restaurant? Food and atmosphere, right? If the food's good, and if the atmosphere's right, and if you're a math person, that equation would come out to be an experience. You want a good experience, right? So food and atmosphere. It's the same way with your Christian walk, right? And it's the same way when people look at you, what are they seeing? last week we developed the profile of a believer and what it means through the Beatitudes to be that person. And so today we're going to move a little bit further, because if you remember way back, what did we talk about? That God removed the fences from our life, and he's removed those fences, so that gives us the ability to be able to live life with people, and to expose ourselves, and let them see the full person, and the full Johnny, or the full whoever you are sitting out there today. And so, but you have to have that profile of a believer, and you know the Beatitudes, and if you wasn't here last week, you can go listen to it online, or just read 1 through 12, and... In Matthew 5, and it sets it up how we're supposed to live. But uh, let's read Matthew 5, and we'll start in verse 13. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer any good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. Lord, just say that we love you. Father, and I thank you for this morning. Father, and I thank you for your word. Father, and just how clear, Father, it is that we should live. And Father, this morning, Father, just let us hear from your heart and your heart only. And Father, let us know how to be the salt, and how to be the light to our world. Father, we love you. Amen. You know what? Um, If you look in 13, what does verse 13 say? It says, you are the salt of the earth. And I give all y'all a packet of salt, and I want you to keep that, and I'll tell you more why at the very end. But, you know, when you go back through time, because we think salt's cheap, right? You can go to, to Oak Point or Walmart and buy a container of salt for about a dollar you know, and you keep it till you run out, because it don't go bad, does it? I don't, does salt even have an expiration? It might. I don't know. I've never looked. Because I, it, But at last, well, if you go back hundreds and hundreds of years and look at salt, what was salt used for? Salt was worth money. You know, you, have you ever heard that saying, you're worth your salt, you know? Salt was worth money. They used to use salt to trade with and to barter with to get things. Salt was used to preserve things. Salt is used to give something a good taste. You know, some of us are a little saltier than others, but when we salt our food, you know, it's to bring out the flavor. Not enough salt, it's bland. Too much salt, you can't eat it. But just the right amount of salt, it makes the flavor pop, don't it? And so that's what God telling us right there that we're to be the salt of the earth. We're to be just right. You know, and at camp this summer, Eddie, that was our speaker a few weeks ago, he made this statement to the students. He said, some of y'all are just too salty. You know, some of our lives, we're too salty. We're too much. And people won't believe in God, and they won't walk with God because of what they see in us. And so this morning, don't be salty. You know, to use Eddie words, be salt, And so whenever you do that, you know, when you start looking at the salt, you know, it's a perfect metaphor for us to know how to live. We're to live that just right Christian walk. We're to take this word and bury it in our heart, and we're to live it. And when we're really living it day in and day out, then you're going to be the salt of the earth, right? But that's what it takes. It takes us doing that, and it takes us... You know, being in the, the, the salt and the light and stuff. And so you're going to have to bear with me. We're going to do a project. Get your phone out. How many of y'all got a phone? Get your phone out. Raise your phone up there if you have your phone with you. Lay it in your lap. I'm going to give you permission to play with it in just a minute. Lay your phone in your lap. All right, now don't get scared. We intentionally got the windows darkened for what we're doing this morning. And so go ahead, um, Caden, and start turning the lights down. Because what's it go on next in that verse to say? It says, you are the light of the world. And I'm being real honest right here. It's not my job to be the light for Live Baptist Church. It's not Donald Turner's job to be the light for Live Baptist Church. Or Mike Fielding or Frank Mons. It's all of our job. And so, Caden, you can go ahead and black it completely out now. Because I want us to really see how much difference just one light will make pretty dark in here, huh? That one light. It adds to it, right? Because light dispels darkness. And that's what God's saying. He said, be my light. Be my light. And whenever you're my light. But then what's it going to say? It says nobody puts a light on a stand and then covers it up. We let our light shine. Now turn your light on, each of you. Everybody here has got a phone. Turn your light on on your phone and hold it up. Makes a difference, right? You are the light of Watson, USA. You are the light. Look how much difference it makes with just the lights that we have shining right now. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does somebody light a lamp and put a basket over it. Caden, go ahead and bring the lights back up for me, please. Hopefully that gives you just a little bit better idea of what it means for all of us to walk with God. For each of us to be doing that. And whenever you start looking, you know, like I mentioned, you know, last week we set up the profile we set up the profile of a believer, you know, and we went back through the Beatitudes. It says the poor and the spirit and the ones that mourn and the meek, you know, just the merciful. And so when we're living that way, then all of a sudden we become the salt. We become the salt. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this salt and I want you to put it somewhere where it'll be a reminder to you every day. Some of us might need to take a picture of it and make it our screensaver on our phone. But a constant reminder that we're the salt. That we're the salt of the world. You know, and how do we do that? You know, what does it mean to really do that? The first thing, people will experience community when we live its values. Like I mentioned, when we're living to be attitudes and we're really doing it, then we're screaming, I love my church, I love my God, I'm living this way and i want to go back to yesterday because i know it's okay with the, with what i did yesterday the funeral i did yesterday was crystal clear with winky walter's why he wanted me to do it and hear my heart i'm not patting myself on my back i want you to hear my heart it's because he said you was real he said you was real to me and that's what drew him into that salvation with christ because it wasn't because i was a preacher It wasn't because I was a student minister. It wasn't because I thought I was holier than now. It wasn't because I elevated myself on a pedestal. It's because we would sit shoulder to shoulder at Johnny's Grocery on Monday mornings and eat breakfast together. Or we would sit on the tailgate of our truck. I was real. And each one of us sitting in here this morning has that opportunity to be real. And that's what God's calling out. He says, you are my salt. You are my salt. You are my light. Just be real to the people around you. And how does it end? It says, then I'm going to be glorified in that. So the first thing is people's going to experience community. They're going to experience God and our values and what they see in us and how they see us live. The second thing is is they're going to see our values and community just in our daily, ordinary life. You know, our values, if we're living the right way and if we're living the way God's calling us to live and we're living by the Beatitudes and we're living by the Ten Commandments and if even the way that John shared a few minutes ago, if we love one another, then they're going to see Christ in our values and they're going to see it in our ordinary life because it's going to be the way we live. People watch all the time. I'm a people watcher. How many of y'all in here is a people watcher? Y'all people watchers. We sit back and we watch. Now, some of us sit back and we get salty and we judge. If we get honest. But we sit back and we watch, don't we? And so people are going to be drawn to you because of what they see. You know, yesterday I was walking between buildings and I heard somebody say, Well, that's the Johnny Morgan that used to run rabbit dogs with us years ago. Why did they? Because I run rabbit dogs and I immediately had a connection with that group of people. My ordinary life, because back then, that's what I talked about all the time. But now I talk about my life with God all the time. And so, whenever they're drawn to us, it's going to be because of our values. It's going to be because of our, our ordinary, everyday life. And what's the other thing that is it going to be? Those who truly experience Jesus is going to be. It's, when we truly experience Jesus, when we truly, truly fall head over heels in love with him, We're going to want to be that salt and light. It's not an option when you're really chasing after God. And it might be that you're cooking a meal for somebody. It might be that you're cutting grass for somebody. It might be that you're buying somebody dinner. It might be that you're sitting with somebody while they're walking through death. It might be that you're sitting with somebody while they're bringing life into this world through births. It might be in your job place. Think about right now, think about your coworkers. Think about the people that you rub shoulders with every day. There's, there's, we're in here. We, we rub shoulders with people, right? If you was to take that packet of salt and if you could make it bigger and if you could start writing names under it, I'm going to be the salt. For Donald Turner, I'm going to be the salt for James Smith. I'm going to be the salt for Mark Roberts. We all have those names, don't we? And that's what God's calling us. And His His call's crystal clear. And His call. I don't have the clock on the back TV, so I'm going to run way over this morning. But think about it. You know, when you start looking, are you living? Are your values in such a way that people see you? Or is your, is your um, community, your, your, what they're experiencing? Are you so in love with God that that's the most important thing that you can do? You know, and I've shared this with y'all, and I've shared this with y'all. For 20 years, I did engineering, and I loved it. And I was sold out to it. But I wouldn't go back to that life for nothing in the world. I wouldn't. I have no desire to draw that paycheck from those engineering companies no more. Because my focus now is totally on God. My focus is now totally on I love my church. I love each one of y'all. I die for each one of y'all. I love my community. And that's the concept that we need to start getting. We need to love. We need to be the salt. We need to be the light. We need to be chasing after God in such a way that everything that we do points to Him. But how do we do it right here? You're going to get sick and tired. You're going to go to your deathbed and say, Brother Johnny held that Bible up 10 million times in church because this is what it's about. It's not about me. It's not about this staff. It's not about these walls. It's about this word. And it's about diving in and digging. You know how excited I get when people call me and say, you know, I was reading this this week in our daily Bible readings, and it's not too late to jump in and start doing that with us. I read this. I didn't realize this was in here. That excites me because that means there's growth. Because here's where it's at. Here's where it's at. But we have to be the salt. We have to be the light. Because there's a world that's dependent on us right now. It's not dependent on Johnny. It's not dependent on Donald or Frank or Mike. Raise your hand. You in here Dave? raise your hand. I know some of you are tired. Raise your hand. It's dependent on you. It's dependent on you this morning. Are you being the salt? Are you being the light? You know, and you think, you know, you're, you're being too simple with this. This gospel is that simple. You don't have to have a, a, a theological degree to read this and understand what it means to be salt and light. Because what's his word say? you it don't say some of you it don't say most of you you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world and then it skips down and it says shine your light before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify do you hear that Glorify your Father. Not glorify Johnny. Not glorify Live at Baptist Church. Our Father. That's what it's about. It's about leading people to our Father. It's about leading people to that empty cross. Where you can say, you know, that cross is empty. Because my God sent his son to die for me. And my God raised his son to life for me become the perfect sacrifice for me so that I can be the salt and I can be the light and I can help God change this world but some of us take your salt and look at it some of us have a why at the end of that and we're just salty because some of us Hadn't activated our salt. Because there's some of us that hadn't said, God, forgive me. God, I need you to become the Lord of my life. And that's where it's got to start. You can't be the salt, you can't be the light if you're not his being, his believer, his child.